just before our love got lost, you said, I'm as constant as a northern star. And I said, constantly in the darkness, where's that at? If you want me, I'll be in the bar. On the back of a cartoon coaster, in the blue TV screen light. I drew a map of Canada, oh, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Julia, that was great. Thank you. What was that? Joni Mitchell. Okay, I was trying, I was like, yeah. I know that. I don't know it. I know it. I, I wasn't sure exactly. It's one of her, you know, kind of not <laughs> as popular tunes, but I thought no, I'd throw it a great at Canada. I know you've got a variety of music on your Instagram. You're always sharing all kinds of tunes. I guess you're pulling them from reels or from TikTok, right? Yeah, yeah. And But then, I mean, you're too young to be listening to those kinds of tunes. I grew up with a dad that was seriously into rock and roll. And awesome. I played guitar for the last 15 years. So. Oh, so you, okay, yeah. so you know I the know. history of good music. Yeah, I have my top 10 <laughs> favorite guitar players of all time on a list, just in case anyone asks. That's awesome. I'm sure they might reach out for you. So, Julia, we've got an interesting show. Yeah. I've got another Bricky on this show. Another one. I love Brickies on the show. Totally. I have a huge amount of respect for Brickies. I know that recently you Kevin was here, the friendly Mason. So yep. he was he was chatting away and was really good. He was a little nervous about his accent, and I'm like, don't be so nervous about the accent. Everyone gets it. Even Canadians have accents. Yeah, when I first met the guy, I could barely understand what he was saying. But, <laughs> but then you pick it up. And then you pick it up. And I work with a lot of Irish guys, too, so <laughs> I'm kind of used to it by now. So I've got Julia here from The Brick Chick. So it's actually at the.brick.chick. Yes. That's your Instagram That's handle, it. right? And then your email is juliarose195 at gmail.com. Correct. Okay. And obviously, we are going to talk a lot about bricking. Yes. Brick laying, block laying, tuck pointing, restoration, all, all ma- like sampling, all kinds of stuff. And I guess I got to start right off the bat. I want to ask you, I mean, it's Julia Rose. You're not a Rose trial person, are you? No. Marshalltown. <laughs> all Marshalltown. Yeah, mostly. I'm noticing a lot of the younger brickies are mostly Marshall and not Rose. I find like the sizing and the way that the handle fits in my hand, just because my hands are so small, it is a better fit for me. Okay. The Rose trials are beautiful. Like they're more decorative in my opinion that kind of hanging on the wall yeah give yeah. it to my grandkids no one but day. I, i've always said that it's whatever works for you that's yeah. all it is right yeah so it's okay so that's interesting so i i want to hear your whole story so julia you take it over and okay. you, you get right into it and i i mean i guess the big first question is why why i mean that's one of the toughest trades <sighs> out there yeah well i had a tough go starting out as a teenager dealt with a lot of mental health issues drug addiction graduated high school and then got into like a very toxic industry. I didn't know where I was going with my life and I was just kind of happy to continue to be alive. It was a struggle for sure and then I came across a an ad on Google. It said free masonry training. School tools, everything included would get you set up with a job. This is at the Ontario Masonry Training Center. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I did a f- Free apprenticeship for five months. Knew nothing about construction or masonry. I was 22 years old. Went in there, never laid a brick? No. I was personal trainer before that, so I had a little bit of... uh, Not intimidated? Oh, extremely. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I figured. (laughs) Yeah. You're a human. (laughs) And I'm small. I'm five foot two, like 140 pounds. You know, I, I couldn't compete with the guys at first, but I went home every night and like dreamed about masonry and 
thought about the ways that I could practice my spreading the next day to improve. And like, that's all I could think about for so five months. So in five months, they basically just, yep. they made you into the Mason that you are? Well, I, you know, it was like a foot in the door. It, it takes over as your level one apprenticeship for the whole year. That is replaced by five months every day, nine hours a day on the wall, which is awesome. So you learn how to spread, lay a block, lay a brick. All the theory, you know, how to read a tape measure, how to use a drill. That's a big one, reading it's, tape measures, yeah. especially brick tape measures. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And a <laughs> lot of, like, I grew up with a family that only used imperial tape measures, so going in and... Yeah, because you're educated in metric. Yeah. But then you're coming into an imperial world. Yep. Then you're coming into a mason's imperial world. Yeah, that, and yeah. masonry is mostly metric... But all the old school guys use Imperial. So I had but to the Irish of, guys going back to that, yeah. they're they're coming in metric. Yeah. And they're trying to speak to you and you're like trying to speak to them in Imperial. <laughs> so there's a little conflict of interest at that point. You're in that kind of millennial generation where you haven't quite reached over to the new age yet, where we were always the ones that were in between, I find growing up. But are you picking up the metric or are you just I'm always yeah, I'm mostly metric. I don't even oh, okay. I don't even really know how to use Imperial. Good for me. you. Good for yeah. you. So on at, at the center, did you by the end of the five months was the archway that you were working on? Like No, they, so no, that's different. I, I did five months. They set me up with my current employer. I did two years with them, and then I went back and did my level two just recently for two months. It's not babysitting like the five-month pre-app was. Like, you go in and you've got to learn all of a sudden now a new material, man-made stone, all the patterns. You put up a Z-wall of block, then you brick it, the face, with an arch, and you have to learn all the math, and then the stone. They're not messing around. In two months, you have to do all this, plus all the tests, all the theory. Like, it's insane. How was the rest of the class? I mean, I'm sure there's drop-off. Three people failed, yeah. Whoa. Okay. It was sad. If they just couldn't make it. Can't they can't keep up. They can't keep up. So if you aren't like laying to the line when you're in when you're on uh, your job site, like if you're just making cuts or making mortar as like most apprentices do, you you won't pass. I don't. So think. what was the objective there at the school? Was it to teach you to be efficient? Yeah, to teach you how to use different materials. Like the first level is basics, brick, block, spreading mortar. Second level is stone and arches. And then the third level I'll go back for in January, fireplaces, the firebox, and then you do natural stone. Oh, wow. Yeah. On top of that, in the same course? All in the same two months. Two months you're tackling how to properly do a firebox and yeah. fireplace and also natural stone. Yeah. Chipping natural Build stone, mantle, facing it. Facing it, yep. Whoa. Everything. In two months. Two months. So they are seriously not messing around. They, they don't give you much credit. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. No breaks. It's like the Top Gun of, uh, of mastery, right? It's as stressful as anything I've ever done. But you made it through the first two. Yeah. The first, the second one was awesome too. And I met a lot of good people there, including Kevin. So that was really fun. So yeah. I want to back a little bit yeah. there, Julia. I mean, how do you choose this difficult trade and get into it? And I could imagine how daunting it is. Even like my dad was a bricklayer. And yeah. when I was a little kid, I was in awe of him doing the work. And I just did, I couldn't grasp it. I learned everything else, but I couldn't grasp that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it the way he did it. I can't do it the way you do it or any of the other Masons that I've interviewed. Yeah. And the thing is, how do you come into that world and go, here's my hand up. I want to do this. It's like such a difficult question. Was somebody asking you or this is this is where your passion was? This is where you were going to. I felt really desperate with my life not going anywhere. 
as a at what age was that i was 22 so a lot of my i've noticed my peers in our generation we were told to go to university at a young age and you go and you collect a hundred thousand dollars in debt <laughs> and then you get out of school and you have no job offers no nothing and you end up working at chapters and <laughs> all the student loans right and i didn't want to go down that road but i didn't feel like i had any other options so desperately i found this ad and then i wasn't very good at first like i really couldn't get a handle on it i felt weak i felt small i just you know the looks that you get when you come in the door as a girl is do you get those looks all the time they're there oh every day still anybody speak up all the time all the time yeah wow <laughs> i'm just dumbfounded that they do and they would yes so that that would just discourage you even further i've had people come up to me and say and sit down i'm on my lunch break and say you're never going to be as strong as a man. You'll never be as fast. I don't know why you're even bothering. These aren't even people in the masonry trade. These are like, this is some old iron worker, just offended by my presence there as a woman. I've always said that it's just that you get those old school mentality yeah. men mm -hmm. that the job site is their last domain. When they That's go it. home, they have to deal with the females in their life there. Yep. When they come to the job site, they don't want to deal with females there. No, they there. want to have the bro, yeah. bro talk and like... But this is a different world. Yeah, exactly. I know that you guys are 3% of the workforce, but the thing is you guys are still part of the workforce. Exactly. I'm just dumbfounded that these guys would actually come up to you and actually be that straight up to you. Take the time out of your day to make somebody feel like shit. How do you respond? How do you react? Before, I would get very defensive and try to like defend my reasoning for being there and justify the fact that I'm just as capable. But at the end of the day, there's no real way to get that point across in these people's heads. So I just walk away. You're not going to change them. No, exactly. You're not going to change anything. The way I can change their opinion is by showing up and doing a kick-ass job. Let my work do the proof for me. That's it. Yeah, because you're not just a Mason. You're actually a really good Mason, Thank right? You. Like yeah. I, I see it in the in the postings. I see it in the work. I see it in your character because it translates in, in in the posts. You can see it that you actually have a love for it. I take a lot of pride in what I do, and that's paramount. It doesn't matter which trade it is. It doesn't matter which person it is. Mm -hmm. But you could you can make any job. I mean, even the honey wagon guys. You know, what I mean, yeah. as hard as that job is, I've met some guys that hate their job, hate that job. Mm -hmm. But I've met some guys who actually are down to earth and all sudden they're just talking to you on a level and you're like well yeah. you know what you're a person man and, and you're still passionate about your job you're doing a good job even though we know that job is the worst job that's been expressed on this podcast several times that nobody mm -hmm. wants to do but that job is important so if you have the passion for it then shine and you're right like if let those guys speak that way just prove it in the pudding man. exactly show up every day and be on the wall when my other uh, male apprentices are on the saw you know it makes me feel a little powerful but isn't it like a well-oiled machine when you've got a series of masons men or women yeah on the line it's awesome it's awesome it's it's no different than seeing a framing crew and they're on the line yeah and they're, working they're together working that cohesive machine yeah it's almost like an orchestra it's awesome it, i don't really get to experience that very often because of there's such a short of shortage of masons especially in the restoration world like i'm kind of in between new build and resto as i'm doing new build work on a restoration site. So I'm there by myself building an entire elevator shaft just because we don't have anyone. So when we say there's a shortage, I know that yeah. I've had like Mark from Craig Moyer. Okay, I've, yeah, yeah. I've had a bunch of Masons on the show and we, that's the one trade that has the biggest shortage. Yeah. What are we missing? Are we missing half the workforce or like how bad is it? 
I feel like that what I just said speaks to that, right? Like really, I don't understand why I have to do all of this on my own. You shouldn't be. You're right? doing an elevator shaft and you're all by yourself. And when- it's just taking that much longer, right? Just because, you know, we're doing well as a company. There's so many jobs out there. So the masons are spread really thin. And the new apprentices that come in, unfortunately, they don't have the drive, like, the, the drive, passion. the passion. Like they last for a couple months and then... You know, it's discouraging because as a new apprentice, you're only making cuts. You're only slugging grout. You're, you know, so you have to push through those first couple of years and a lot of guys can't handle it. So you're left alone. That means you're mixing your own mortar. No, I have two laborers. Okay. All right. Yeah. I was about to Thank say, God. okay. Oh, it's, not, it's not that <laughs> It's not a bad. shortage of laborers. <laughs> okay. Shortage of good labor, maybe. Okay. Another trade that's super hard. Like those guys take a lot of brutal beatings especially from like i feel like the old school masons yeah they want to just uh, grind them yeah the That's way all. in there they talk to people it just doesn't make I, i've heard stories me. where they're like throwing bricks at them yeah. and just because they're not moving the bucket fast <laughs> enough or and i'm like someone's gonna get hurt if you do that exactly i don't understand it <laughs> so there's no reason so all of a sudden if you hurt the labor then you lose the labor then you're then where you're, are you at you're messed the, a bricklayer is only as good as its labor yeah I it's think. the team effort again exactly So if we're stuck in a pickle and you're ending up making your own mortar, nothing is ever getting done that day. So you're doing a lot of restoration stuff, but you're doing a lot of new stuff inside the restoration. So you're making the new look like old. On the outside of the facade, we're doing brick replacements, removals and replacements of damaged bricks, tuck pointing, stone repair. So that's mostly exterior. And then interior, you have partition walls for new rooms. If they're not drywall, usually they're block elevator shafts and all sorts of other good stuff it's yeah. never ending there's nothing it's never ending there's so much work out there yeah most jobs i end up at are two two and a half years once you start once you set yeah. up and you get there you're there yeah. for that long of a period yeah, of time crew of like 15 guys oh wow yeah. and these are all in toronto all over the place mostly yeah downtown toronto the last job i was on we worked at the park hyatt hotel and that was three which years. is a nice building beautiful but it was like blood, sweat, and tears. And I did most of my apprenticeship there. I actually forgot to ask other masons about maintaining their tools. Okay. So I wanted to get a rough idea that, that did the center, the school, did they teach you as part of that course load, maintaining your tools, keeping them clean, keeping them proper, getting them ready? Yeah, they, they don't really go over much of that. Like it's more of those old school tricks you pick up from the guys on the way. Getting a barbecue brush. Dipping your trowel at the end of the day if it's still wet in some sand, letting it dry off, and then scrubbing it with the barbecue brush. I do that every day, like meticulously. I yeah. love. I can't stand seeing dirty tools. <laughs> Getting the, to the next day and having to clean my tools before I start is like my biggest pet peeve. Oh, you, you're going to hate some towel setters if I ever introduce <laughs> yeah. you because they're so used to just walking away and leaving yeah. it that way. And the bucket's just it'll cake, and then they yeah. have to smash it. And same thing with the tools. And you're like going, what's the point of this, yeah, man? Yeah, so you guys leave mortar in the wheelbarrow to harden overnight. I'm like, why? Now you're going to take another half an hour to get that out. Here's my biggest pet peeve about that is that, fine, leave it alone, do that. Then the next day, the mortar is actually dry. Then you start mixing up a new batch. And or the you rock. Start, yeah. yeah. Then <laughs> you get the big rock, the boulder <laughs> yeah. inside of it. And then all you do is you frustrate the mason who actually grabbed yeah. it, yep. put it on, mm-hmm. spread it, and can't put the brick down. That's my daily life. <laughs> <laughs> Every block I lay, I almost have to take off because there's some giant boulder underneath. Just tiny little rock that's yeah, annoying you. It's great. So the barbecue brush is a great idea. Yes. I like that. It's, it works perfect. And then what other little... I always keep a rag handy just to wipe off my levels. Everyone always says my levels are too clean, but 
They're beautiful stabilas. How First can of I, all. Yeah. So, and they're and, easy to clean. Right. There's no intricate little. Just wipe it off. Yeah. Before the mortar dries. Again, it's That's like, all it is. It's just prep work. What about the line itself? You're always going through lines anyway. Yeah, I go through line like crazy. All kinds of stuff. So there's no real sense. In, you just give it a wipe. You just get it. You flick it. And I'll just throw it out. Just throw it because yeah. I mean the cost of a line is not that bad. No, it's just like five dollars for the whole roll. It could last you an entire year. And then what are the little? I know that when you get into re- restoration work, you guys have a lots like lots of little tools, little things, little carvings, little mm-hmm. mini this, mini that that helps you finish and get that to that point. Like I've seen guys pull out little pieces of scrap of carpet and just give it a little bit of wipe just to give it yeah. that little bit of patina on the mortar, like little things like that. So there's uh, there's tons of restoration tools. They almost look like a surgeon's uh, yeah. medical case. Yeah, I they see, do. Like, yeah. And I'm not a, a stone repair person by any means. I'm not a yawn expert, so I don't have a lot of these tools. But the guys that I do see, their toolbox looks completely different than mine. Really? Yeah. There's no trowel in there. It's a pointing trowel, which is three inches long and tiny little scalpels and every kind of slick, every size, every width, every length. Some of them are cut to shape using a grinder these guys like they perfect they perfect them over 20 years yeah oh wow you know they're the ones that are smoking cigarettes out of the (laughs) respirator (laughs) put the hole through like it's those kind of guys a little bit of ash in the mortar never hurt anybody (laughs) (laughs) um okay so i know that i saw a post on your on your feed there about your grandfather yeah great grandfather your great grandfather Mm -hmm. right so is that where the passion came from i actually had no idea that he was a bricklayer before i started and then you found out after yeah when people ask me i like to say that that's the reason just because it's so easy to (laughs) say but i discovered my grandparents didn't really talk about it because it was something that wasn't a point of pride unfortunately back in the day back in the day was you know but he came here from holland and had an incredible life story and made something of himself started a business i'm from guelph so a lot of the the businesses there are from my great-grandfather. Yeah. You can look around the city and see parts of him, and I love that. And my grandfather was a laborer to him, so it does run in my blood, even though I didn't know it. But nobody else other than them that are in the trades? or My brother actually just started a apprenticeship in plumbing. Okay. He's a year older than me, so he's 27, and he, he saw, I think, the, um, the success that I was having in the trades, and after years of trying to be a chef and realizing how hard that industry was. It's tough. Talk right. about getting yelled at. Yeah. yeah, yelled at. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine what he dealt with. Yeah. So I'm proud of him. I had Mike Belly on the show from Belly Renovations, and okay. he's a GC, and he came from the culinary arts, mm-hmm. and he left it for so many reasons. Uh, yeah, you'd rather be yelled at as a mason than yeah. yelled at as a chef. Yeah, show. that's exactly. It, it wasn't for him anymore. He just had enough. I mean, okay. I mean, women in the trades to begin with. I know that I haven't personally come across these guys that you talk about because it just doesn't make any sense to me mm-hmm. i've had women on the job site before i've yeah. had a welder i've had a framer i haven't had a mason yet uh, an hvac mechanical plumber electrician i've seen them like all around there but how is it being a woman in the trades i know you get all these stupid questions yeah. from the stupid men mm-hmm. but how is it really being it's it's tough like especially in the beginning when i was new and my skills were good and I tried really hard, but they weren't up to the standards that they are now. I had to work 10 times harder than my male counterparts just to be able to get on the wall and to prove myself and to feel like I had a place in that world. I, I didn't feel like I had for a lot of years. 
it's not really fair because I guess these old school guys would give a kid mm-hmm. who's got less experience than you yeah. more of a right to pass than you. Because they... Just because of the male. gender difference. Yeah, that's it. And that's completely messed up. I think it's because they see themselves in these boys from when they were just starting out as new Masons. They see these young guys come in and they're like, well, he deserves the chance more than she does because, you know, just because a lot of guys have this mentality that girls get ahead in construction because we're so such a minority. That's the mentality like, oh, you know, she'll get a job anyways because she's a girl and she'll get all the benefits and all the grants and and i'm like okay so hang on are you actually getting all the benefits are you getting all the grants i so the only thing the only benefit i've seen that the apprenticeship grant for women is six grand and the men get three from the government of canada and that is literally the only thing the the only difference yep that's it so who's talking out of their ass about they just don't know what they're talking about that's the problem. I guess the big thing, too, is that you get a lot of women that are discouraged about coming into this. They're terrified, yeah. Right. And it, it is scary. All men, all the time. You have to become one of the boys. And I've been a tomboy my whole life, so I've been really used to only hanging around guys and joking around, making those comments. Like, if you don't have a thick skin, you aren't going to last. But I think any trade's got to be that way. I think so, too. If you, if you get in at, at just a starting point... And someone starts to yell at you or dig at you or just kind of yeah. razz you and you get offended by it, then maybe this world isn't for you, man or woman. Yeah. I agree with you where you'd have to kind of be in that element yeah, exactly. and understand where they're all coming from, right? It's not like you have to just hang out and do everything that they do because there's a lot of stupid things that they do. Boys will do and I just exactly. can't relate to, but I do my best to like relate and connect i know plenty of women that are all the way from like the executive level site super that arrive on site first time labor on site Mm -hmm. and there's a whole white and every single woman i've spoken to regarding that they say the exact same thing you just have to kind of have that thick skin and be one of the boys yeah and that's it and you'll get along really well but i think in the end it's no different when you want to try to prove yourself you just let the passion and your technique and your skill set speak That's all it is. That's all I have to do. If you've got a love for it, then come on site and then just do the job and do a great job and yeah. love it. Because I've, I've butted heads several <laughs> times with several tradespeople that just don't care and they don't want to do a good job. The so then they, they want to punch the clock and get out. And I'm like, okay, you and I are not going to work together again. It's just not because you're a woman, not because you're a man, not because you're black or white or whatever it yeah. is. You're just doing a shit job. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want that on my site. Let the work speak for itself. Yeah. And after a couple of years of this, I feel like my guys, the guys that I work with every day, they have a level of respect for me that I've earned. And I, I really love that. A lot of guys re- end up resenting their boss because... They're constantly telling them what to do just because they find themselves in a position of power. But I feel like I've come a long way and I've really, really earned that as somebody that statistically wouldn't end up being in that position. You're totally right on that. Right. You wouldn't be even given that opportunity. Right. Yeah. So I feel it feels really amazing at the end of the day. Almost better to have earned it this way than... You know, if I was born a boy and I just, <laughs> I worked for my dad's company. Or <laughs> I remember a few years, uh, I actually attended a, a government, how do we get more people in trades? Yeah. 
And on the top of the list was to get more women in the trades. And, and I was just in this room. It had to have been about maybe a hundred or so people, a lot of union affiliates, right? Mm -hmm. And I just, I didn't agree with so much that was being said, the way they were trying to tackle it. And it was really about a political and a union direction is what they were headed. And they were missing the opportunity where there was a huge workforce, let it be Irish or let it be anybody mm -hmm. that's coming from different parts of the world coming to Canada. They want to be into this industry. They want to get yeah. into it. And the government wasn't focusing on that. They didn't want to focus on that. So I just, how do we get more women in the industry? I think it starts in high school. I graduated high school in 2013, so it wasn't that long ago. I had no idea that the trades were an option. There were no, there, you What know, was everybody talking about in school? Universities. They were just talking about university, but university. What, what program, what career options? So if you were smart enough, you would go to university. That was the opinion. You That's would a do debatable. All, right? <laughs> all academic courses. That was the outline. You have your four-year plan, and you're going to go off to university, and you're going to do great things for the world. And if, don't forget the $100,000 in debt in student exact, loans. Exactly. And, you know, we might not tell you that you might not get a job later on. Yeah. Okay, so if you're not smart enough, you're going to go down the college route. But the college route wasn't for trades or anything like that. It was just specific college level courses, I guess. Just generalized. Gener yeah, generalized college courses at yeah. Guelph Humber, or, you know, Conestoga. Never once did I see or talk to anybody about the possibility of getting into the trades, especially as a woman. It was not talked about. Nobody, not nobody. even your circle of friends, no. nobody. If I had that option School, then, guidance counselors, nothing, teachers, nothing. nothing. Nope. This is 2013. Yeah. This is not That's that long not ago. not that long ago. I know that I just had a conversation with somebody recently, Mark, and we were talking about it, how we need to get it back into high school. Mm -hmm. We need That's to get trades step. back into high school. If I could have started when I was 18. How much further you'd be? I would already be done. I'd be a Red Seal Mason. I could have had years and years and years under my belt. Would have been amazing. And not all the bullshit that I dealed with after high school to now trying to find myself and figure out who I could be in this world. So, I mean, I guess that's the challenging is how do we get more women in there? How do we get it back into the schools? How do we get this an mm -hmm. option? Do we actually just go to the schools and knock the teachers in their head and just go, <laughs> listen, discuss trades. Here are the 52 trades that these students yeah. might be interested in. And it's not for dumb people either. You no. don't have to be subpar as a person to end up in the trades later on in life. You can end up doing just as well as your buddies that go off to university probably even better or even better i mean I, I i really hope i know it's not but i really hope that misconception is dead but it's not it's not that's the and i, I mean the it's blue getting collar, better though I think. it is getting better but i mean i wanted to get to the point where we are on the same level as everybody else and their career path mm -hmm. that's where ideally i would love to get it at yeah but that's going to take some time and it's going to take a lot of tradespeople to do that yeah and a lot more involvement from yeah. our female friends i think to step up and yeah. and, and to, to change say the something. opinion but also a lot more involvement and understanding from the male side of the industry Very true. they yeah. should be a thousand percent more supportive on it yeah most guys are amazing though that i yeah. meet on the job site it's you know it's the one in a million that like will be misogynistic or grab your hips on the scaffold or you know like just do that really uncalled for over the top toxic masculinity kind of behavior but i don't see it very often so it's like that analogy about who said it about seconds how many seconds there are in a day and all of a sudden someone pisses you off for like 10 seconds yeah. are you going to throw away the whole the day for 10 day? seconds no. 
No, because the majority of trades out there are actually very supportive of females in the trades, right? Mm -hmm. But then you get that one guy that exactly. isn't. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we should just weed them out and get them out and then get more women in. I feel like time is going to weed them out. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> because they're not doing the best work. It's kind of funny how I have yet to meet one of these guys. And maybe I haven't met them because maybe they don't do all that great work. That's so a good thing. Maybe that's why I'm not crossing paths with these your guys. Path yet. Your trade is huge on PPE these days and yes. you're young and I know listen we've all been young mm -hmm. and hopefully if we're lucky we all get old but the thing is that we all feel that we're super you know when we're young and so we don't need that respirator we don't need this but I mean I'm just telling you I'm pushing 50 and the hearing bothers me sometimes like mm -hmm. when I'm actually using an impact gun on the job site oh, yeah. that extra loud sound bothers me and I know that you guys as brickies you guys have some of the loudest tools in the, in the trade yeah. yeah for sure so i mean are is everybody being safe everybody are you guys all watching each other's backs the generation that i'm in we are very very good with the ppe the glasses the respirators the hearing protection when you're on the saw but only when you're on those tools specifically not when you're the guy right literally right beside it i know that's, that's the that's, problem that's the problem there and then the older guys oh no i'm not gonna say it's good well, all the hair in their ears is just blocking <laughs> yeah. everything anyway, so they don't need it, right? Some are really great. Like, some are, like, over-the-top protection, but most of them... They're not. They ignore it. They don't think of it. Or yeah. I'll just make this quick cut. I even do that. I'm just like, oh, okay, I'll just make a quick I know, cut with but quick cut. And then put this on and put that on, and, yeah. and it, it gets a little frustrating, I know. Yeah. But I'm just telling all the young trades out there, pay attention, because you'll start noticing things change yeah. in your 30s and well into your 40s. You're going to notice that your hearing is a little more sensitive. You're going to notice that maybe you cough a little bit more. You want to avoid all that. Yeah, especially with the mortars, I would say, in our industry, too. Like, even when I'm, I'm not mixing, I'm just laying. I'll go home, and, you know, you're blowing out black. <laughs> and I'm not even near the mixer or anything. So it's just in the that's air. That's a clear sign. Yeah. That, but that's how do you protect yourself from that all day? I'm not going to put a respirator on I, all And that's day the long. difficult thing because I have a problem with it as well. Like putting on an N95 all day long and working that way. Yeah. That's difficult. So, I mean, what do you do? There's, there isn't dust extraction for every little thing. You can't keep it down all the time. It doesn't make any sense. Especially when you're doing the restoration, when you're doing tuck pointing, when you're yep. grinding away. Chipping mortar out of the joints. Even that way. It's really... Um, it, it, get, it gets airborne. Yeah. And a lot of it has lead that you don't know is there. The old school. Asbestos. Yeah, all the little things that the government said. It's totally fine. Do it. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Just don't touch it. But yet, 20, 30... We're end up on those commercials that you saw when you were a kid. Uh, yeah. we're, we're, we're solving a class action suit if That's you're part it. of this. and Yeah, I know. We don't want to be a part of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It'd be great to get some money but not for that. <laughs> I also want to figure out, did you, you did a, a plant tour of Brampton Brick? I did. And that's kind of fun, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. To actually see the, um, I, I called it, I don't know what, like they had that whole conveyor belt uh -huh. and then they're just chopping the bricks with the string, right? Yeah. The wires. And then they're all of a sudden there's like, there's a brick. Yeah. Just like the power of the kilns, the, yeah. the incredible amount of heat that's produced and just all of the products that are coming out of that one factory. It's pretty incredible. It's insane. They're I don't even remember, passionate. but that kiln is like long. I can't. It's massive. Yeah. Yeah. And then it goes in one and I think by the end of the day or the next day, it comes out. Yeah, I think I can't. I quite, can't remember. I can't remember. But I, I was, saw it like two, three, two, three years ago. So. And it's funny how they were actually extracting all that clay and, and out of the earth, mm -hmm. bringing it in, and that's where the brick started. Yep. And then it comes out, and here's your brick. There you go. 
I, I was fascinated by that, right? But I mean, you're using more of the true Ontario bricks when you're doing a lot of the restoration stuff. A lot of the products that we've been getting are ordered out from Europe. Because they're, they're, they're so specific to that, let's say, cathedral or church or these buildings. Uh, they're so old, over 150 years old. A lot of these products can't be replicated here. A lot of specialty companies that do that kind of work, you know, are in your, uh, they just, they build, yeah, make Italy, them there. England, yeah, they're made there um, and then shipped That's the over. origin of everything, yeah. brick and stone-wise. Exactly. So you get it here. I know that Crete Maker kind of duplicates it here, but it's not yeah. exactly we the got same. It. We, yeah, I've, we've had a lot of good products come from Crete Maker that have matched what we've been trying to get. If Like, especially in COVID, it would take six to eight months for something to ship over from Italy. Was it really that yeah, long of a turnaround? Crazy. Yeah. So what are you guys not even starting the job? So you're you'd waiting? Have to, you'd have to order something else and then make it better yourself with sanders. Or so you would distress it and you, you would... You would distress it, yeah. But that's technically not necessarily <laughs> your <laughs> job description. No. <laughs> that's challenging. And then after you lay that, you'd have a crew of someone from Permatint come in and tint the entire section because it just needs to match that. And perfectly. so then it looks like you guys were never there. Never there. And I walk by some of the buildings and they're like, oh, it still looks like crap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're not because supposed you, to be there. <laughs> yeah, you don't have the right brick. It's not here. Yeah. Wow. That's challenging. It is challenging. <laughs> That's why I do like the new build stuff a little bit better. It's, it's less headaches. But do you like the production? No, not really. It, it gets a little... It hurts my body. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. No. I it's... try to keep up the best I can, but I'm not a big man. I'm not six foot four. I'm not slinging in 10 inch semi I'll tell you, block. Julie, listen, even six foot four guys cry. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're, they're not, they're not particularly crazy about it either. They just do it because they have, they have to. to, it's just part of the job, Yeah. but it doesn't matter if you're tall or short, small, whatever, mm -hmm. it, you'll still cry. It hurts. Yeah. You got to get stronger. <laughs> the last three years, I've noticed the incredible amount of strength that I've gained from this trade. Nothing you can get in a gym. It's different. It's so different. I know that you lift, you power yep. lift. Yep. But I mean, and everyone always talks about how, okay, so you work out, right? And that means you're in trades and that means you, you're physically, you, you can handle everything. Mm -hmm. No, it's different. It's so different. There's how many muscles in the body? Like yeah. you're isolating different muscles when you're doing different tasks. Exactly. And that's either in the gym or on the job site. Yeah. No matter what I did in the gym, nothing could prepare me from carrying bags of mortar up 20 <laughs> flights of stairs. <laughs> nothing. It's got nothing to do with squats. It's got nothing to do no. with delts. It's got nothing you to do with You do as many farmer carries as you want, but... <laughs> Yeah. It's true. It's not the same exercise. It's not. I know you can probably watch Rocky Four and get through that whole old school Russian workout, but yeah, it's yeah. not the same thing, man. <laughs> it's a different world. Yeah, but I just want people to come try it one day. They'll cry. Yeah, they, they would. They won't even make it to the first landing. That's that's the truth of it. Mm -hmm. How did you get into lifting? Um, my dad is super athletic. He's done two Ironman in his life. Good he, for him. He started lifting, and I I needed something to get me out of my funk. As I said, I was an addict for a long time i had a lot of changes that i need to make in my life so the gym kind of saved me from that toxic downward spiral and without that i don't think i would have been prepared to come into the masonry trade because i was small i was like 120 pounds really yeah. skinny so i built an incredible amount of muscle in two years and then started the masonry world so I'm grateful for that. It's interesting because Robert Downey Jr. actually credits martial arts to saving his life. Yeah. Because he was an addict it. and he had so many issues 20 years ago. And then he just got into the discipline of martial arts. 
and it just changes his life. Yeah. And that's all you really like. Some people, if they find that one thing, gives you purpose. It get, exactly. And it gets like you don't want to get out of bed hungover, or all messed up. You want to feel great so you can go and lift and like I want to get step on the job site. You know, some guys live off Monster and like they went to bed at four. I don't I understand do that. No. I, I've seen the scaffolds and it's almost like a monster ad. <laughs> yeah. Like there's so many cans everywhere. And I'm like, well, guys, well, who's drinking all this? Oh, he is. Yeah. But I don't get it. Like, how do you, isn't there a crash at that point afterwards? Yeah, they drink all night and then go to bed at four, wake up at six, on the job at seven, put in a full day. It doesn't seem to affect them, but my body doesn't work like uh, that. I'll give you a little secret. It will affect them one day. One day, It yeah. will just kick them in the ass really hard, and they'll see it. Yeah. Because your body wasn't designed to consume that kind of stuff constantly. <laughs> Everything's in moderation. Exactly. That's just the bottom line. Yeah. Any other kind of vices? Coffee or anything like that? Or? Uh, yeah, I probably drink like five or six <laughs> coffees a day. <laughs> I'm not an angel. No, I don't good. smoke, though. Good I used for you. To, I used to smoke a lot when I was a teenager, but... And just cold turkey it? Yep. All right. So you had awakening. Yep. yep. I don't drink anymore. I try to keep myself pretty uh, angelic. And you're hanging days. out with the Irish boys? Some of them, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah they're <laughs> Not great. after I, hours. I, I love working with them because come Christmas, oh, there's the bottles that just arrive mm -hmm. as a gift. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. I that's like nice. That. Yeah. yeah, it's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't drink them. I don't touch them. I keep saying maybe one day I'll just go on a binge and just go ballistic. Yeah, just but enjoy yourself. I, I haven't done that yet. Take I've, a month off work. And just <laughs> no, <laughs> I think at my age, I would just kill myself at that point if I were to consume <laughs> all that, all those gifts. But good for you that you're, I, I, I mean, it's, it's refreshing to hear someone. You're young. Like, how young are you? 26. Yeah. You're, I mean, it's refreshing to hear that you've got things lined up, mm -hmm. that you actually see things and you're moving forward. So it's, 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 where are you going from here? You're pushing 30 soon. I'm not saying yeah, you I'm are. Yeah, I'm getting but there. Oh. Listen, we're all getting up there. I feel it. What are the plans now? Where, what's the ideas next? I would like to see myself kind of gain a little bit more respect and move into more of a supervisory role, just so that I don't have to end up breaking my body for the next 20, 25, 30 years. I want to keep being on the tools, but definitely maybe in... Like 10 or so. Yeah. Ten, 10 years. Time to yeah. pass on the knowledge to somebody yeah. else. Run a job would be my dream. Start to finish, all the orders, the layouts. I love layouts. I love blueprints. I had a really great mentor. Basically, my first year, he taught me how to do blueprints and layouts. Massive, massive block projects. Because I'm good at math. Quick that's and, that's quick a good skill to have, it's you know? It's awesome. And now every project that I do, I'm laying out myself and then building it, which I love. So you don't have somebody already done the layout and all the the book work for you you get to do everything start to finish which is my favorite part of it not a lot of guys can actually pick up those skills the it's paper hard. skills and, and i've always said to a lot of the trades that you got to understand that the paper skills of this business are far more important and greater than the actual physical skills mm -hmm. So if you really want to run a well-oiled machine, then you got to start preparing for that. You got to start learning. You're picking it up. You're taking it from other sites, supers that you're seeing, you're yep. coming across. You have to be a sponge. Yeah. Every little thing you have to just absorb because you know, you're not going to get the chance to learn twice. Sometimes someone's only going to show you once. Especially in construction. If you mess it up, that's it. Yeah. I had a guy tell me I was like there my second day and I was doing layout and I messed up. I, it wasn't perfectly square and he was, that was your only chance. <laughs> 
you fucked that up royally. That's it. <laughs> this is it for you. And it just stuck with you. <laughs> and huh? that stuck for me. Yeah. I'll never make a mistake like that again. But that's, that, that's why it stuck with you. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> you scared the shit out of me. I know, but that's normal though. It's, it's like, I think the older I've gotten, when I've gotten younger, got younger guys on this job site and I'm trying to show them a little trick or two and they mess up or whatever. The best is when you see the young guys, they actually damage a tool of yours, like break it or because they don't care. They'll hit well, no, no, they just, the they, they did it and maybe it was totally legitimate okay, accident, yeah, yeah. right? And, and Or maybe they damaged the one last piece of material that I have and then they're really sorry about it. And yeah. I'm like, I guess maybe they're waiting for me to explode. And I think the older I get, the less I explode because I'm just, okay, first of all, nobody got hurt mm-hmm. and I can get another one of those. A tool is always replaceable. Exactly. Right? A person's not. A person's not. So then it's fine. As long as you're okay and everything's fine, then fine. We'll tackle it tomorrow. Yeah, but it's I inconvenient, can, but... It is, but we have tomorrow, right? Exactly. There's always tomorrow. Where else are you getting... Are you, are you like picking the brain of everybody? Are you talking to suppliers? Are you... Trying to get as much, like you said, like a sponge. You're trying to get as much information from everybody that's in this industry. Yeah, as much information as I can, especially other trades. When I work and I do a block project, I'm involved with the electricians, the plumbers, the ductwork guys, the framers. Everyone is there around me constantly. And I want to know why they're doing what they're doing involved with my work so I can understand exactly what's happening as a cohesive unit. Are they receptive? They're very receptive. Okay. People love to talk about I don't, themselves. and I love it. People it's that great. care. Yes. People who are care. Are passionate. They're not afraid to share their secrets. They're not afraid to show little tips mm-hmm. how to do things more efficiently. Exactly. The ones that are a-holes, they're, they're afraid to share. Yeah, they'll look at me like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you even here? <laughs> but you hold your own on the job site. Yeah, it's I like, have an attitude. Yeah, no, sure. but that's it's good that you have that. You it's have great. To. Yeah, you have to have it in this industry. But are you the only... Have you seen another woman come into your industry on uh, your job site? My job sites, there aren't a lot of female... There, I have seen a couple of girls do more of the restoration stuff. So the pointing and the brick replacements, but not the block. I haven't seen another lady with me on the block yet. I mean, I'm impressed by the block work that you do because the truth is that there aren't a lot of guys that could handle it they no. start crying a lot sooner right oh yeah all pun intended you're manhandling the blocks like no problem at all Have but they're wicked, heavy man uh... that, that, i think when i saw my dad do block work that's the main reason why i didn't get into masonry they're heavy they're stupid heavy and eights are fine sixes are fine but you get up to 12 Twelves. inch <laughs> solid block that are like 89 pounds Lifting it above your head. <laughs> no, no. There's no, nothing over that the train rebar. You. With yeah. it. No, that's that's hard to do that. And not once. No. Three hundred times. I know. You think it's just one piece? No, 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 no. How long is the wall? How yeah, tall is the yeah. wall? Let's okay. Keep going. Then you do the math, and you're like, oh. After all that, though, I would still rather be a bricklayer than a laborer. Really? To see what they do, what they put up with every day. They put up with a lot. Because they're lifting those blocks anyways, plus lifting the bags of mortar. Plus mixing everything, plus listening to us complain literally about everything. Because there's always something to complain about. Oh, yeah. The bricks can't be there fast enough. The mortar can't be perfectly smooth enough. (laughs) You know, it's It's too too dry. It's It's too too wet. Yeah. There's rocks in it. (laughs) Get me some cover here. The sun's coming in too fast or the cold's coming in, whatever. There's always something to complain about when you're a brick mason. At least we get to see something that we built. That's the beauty of I it. I love it. When you drive around and you're like, I had a hand in that. Yeah. My t- favorite part of the trade. I'm going to drive by the city one day with my kids and just say, I did that. I did that. I worked with this. 
Take a, a lot, lot of, of other pride. trades, you can't see that, right? No. Your conduit's hidden behind the walls. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Right? I guess, would there be any other trade that you'd want to tackle? Does anything come close to masonry? Not really. No. No. It's masonry and that's it. Everything else is far down in the bottom. Else. Wow. It doesn't look interesting to me. I mean, I wish I was more people like you. Because yeah. then we would have so many more masons we out there. We need more. Anybody want to sign up? <laughs> Let's go. How was uh, I'm always in awe the first time I saw a mason do color sampling of mortar. Yeah, it's I was, pretty incredible. It's pretty insane how they can actually get very, very, very close to yeah. what is there. And I mean, how is that education? How who taught you? That was at the school, the center. No, I did that with my mentor. We actually use a system. We haven't even touched into tints yet because that's. I find that's just a little too easy. Okay. So we take different colors of bags of mortar and we mix and mix and mix and we cut the tops off of Tim Horton's coffee cups and you pour the mixture in and you wait until it dries. So you have like 30 different, they're like, like little pucks, yeah. like hockey pucks. Yeah. They all could look exactly the same to a certain degree, but there's that one that stands out and then, then you pick. That's the one I want. You're not even tackling it with tints. You're leaving the tints out of it? Yeah, most so of the time. It's different dry mix mortars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just to get that consistency. Just to get that perfect consistency from something that's 150 years old. Yeah. That's the I challenging think the tints part. tints can be a little overpowering. You're recreating Mother Nature for the past yeah. century. Yeah. Which is difficult. There's so many things to go into effect there. Especially here in Canada when we're doing with such extremes. Yeah. The amount of snow wind ice all kinds of stuff that is pelting that mortar pelting that brick mm -hmm. and then you're asked to match that yeah pollution uh, efflorescence all kinds all kinds of stains and then you have a cleaning crew you know you you would go and power wash those samples because you can make a sample match something that's dirty and then you, somebody goes and cleans it and it looks completely different <laughs> to the sample that you made. When did you, that happen? Yeah. Who did that? What? So you got to go back and do it all over again. I've been there. So I guess the first step is come in and make sure that the brick surface is as clean as Everything possible. Everything is as clean as you can possibly get it. And then go from there. Yeah. All right. Take the sample out of the wall. Let it sit in like the air for a couple of days. Because it can be in the wall wet for five days of rain that yeah. we had. And the back know. of it could be wet. Exactly. So it could still be There's dry in the front, so but it's going to absorb. It's yeah. going to come forward, and that means it's going to be different. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot to it. Talk about the education. Mm -hmm. And then they don't want to put us at the same class as other people in their careers. No. That's what frustrates me sometimes. There's a lot of uh, complicated factors of masonry that people don't understand. Yeah. I get asked all the time, oh, you had to go for sc to school for that? There's an apprenticeship to me, <laughs> You don't just like put the block in the wall. No. Sure. Yeah. I've seen those masons who just put the block in the wall. Yeah, there's lots of those. And I don't even think I saw a level on the job site. And the worst <laughs> part, the worst part, when I saw this, it, it actually was, it was just all up and down. It was all over the place. Some mortar joints, nothing was consistent at all. The worst part, I was actually on site when the inspector came to inspect it and it passed. And it passed because structurally speaking, it's still doing its job. It's sound. It's sound. Yeah. But it looks like crap. Mm -hmm. And that's what, and I had the conversation with the inspector and I was like, I can't believe you're passing that. And is it getting covered or is this a, like, this was the foundation okay. of the house, the yeah. new house. So it didn't matter. Like this block was just like, it was bad. Really, really bad. You have to take pride in your work. This guy didn't. No, he didn't care. I see a lot of that. 
which is scary. Joint sizes are 30 mils or nothing. <laughs> and you're just like, why are you making it so thick? And you keep pushing it, keep pushing it, keep pushing it. Yeah. You might as well. And then stuff it. Might as well. Give me a bag. Give me an empty bag of mortar. I got to stuff the back of this. <laughs> There's all kinds of little things that they do that There's I don't. little tricks. I don't like them, man. Like, how yeah. about. It's Take actually, a styrofoam, fake a joint. Yeah. And then. <sighs> it's more effort to make it look like you did it right than to just do it right. Do it right. So why not just do it right yeah. at that point? Yeah. <laughs> you want to eventually take on an apprentice. Like you eventually want to start. I already have. Oh, you have one. Yeah. I'm an apprentice who has apprentices. That's awesome. Yeah. And how are they? They're fine. You know, they're okay. getting there. Will they last? I hope so. Oh, okay. How long now? It's funny because like there are apprentices that have been doing it longer than I have, but just haven't either gone to school or like picked up as quickly so i know i can see the frustration in their face that i'm the one telling them what to do you know you've got to step it up what's the frustration is it that they just can't get masonry i at the end of the day like you either have it or you don't yeah and that's why there's a a shortage you can try as hard as you want there there's only one thing at the end of the day that's going to make you a good mason and it's skill how are you as a mason at the very beginning compared to now? Are you leaps and bounds better now? A hundred thousand yeah. times better than I was. But do you look back and go, oh, I can't believe I did that back then. I can't believe oh, I was... I made a ton of mistakes yeah. because I was cocky and every bricklayer thinks they're the best bricklayer. They're all a little secret, Julia. Every trade thinks <laughs> that their trade is the best and they think that they're all amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Especially electricians. It's <laughs> 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 just how they are, right? Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I, so, I, so you were cocky. That's all it was. Very cocky. But you, you needed to be in this world. But I was also good for okay. just starting. Yeah. And then it took a lot of hard work to get to that point. And the first day I showed up, did I magically spread mortar amazing on the wall? Not. No, I was terrible. And I was slower and it took me longer to get it than everybody else in the class. But by the end of that course, I had surpassed the class. The class. Because I tried so freaking hard. And that's all I thought about. I dreamed about it. I went home and I thought about it. Were you just thinking about it? Or did you bring the trial home? And no, I would just think about the just ways that I it. could twist my hand differently. Because that way didn't work. So I'll twist it this way. I'll twist it this way. And I'll look this way. And I'll move my elbow different. Like, and all those little idiosyncrasies at, at the end of the day helped me a lot. I feel like my body mechanics as a woman are a little bit different, especially, I don't know why, but I started using a 12 inch trowel, which is massive. That's a massive trowel. It's a, like a shovel. Yeah. It was ridiculous, but I learned on that. So my forearm just grew like massive. So you're using a 12 inch and are you still to this day? No, I use a nine and a half. Okay. I love it. It's great. But I, I don't know why I wanted to punish myself so badly. I just didn't know. I didn't know the difference. That's what they sold at Home Depot. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> 12 inch Marshalltown But that's heavy Even with the mortar on That's heavy Heavy Yeah so, And then that actually taught you How to actually move your wrist I think it made me better Just because I learned On the worst possible option So it could only get better from there And then by the time you went to a 9 Oh yeah You're just flying Oh wow Yeah I never heard that That's actually yeah, interesting so start and Work your way down maybe. You know that some kids listening They're going to take a, t- a shovel Cut off yeah. the handle Turn it into a trowel <laughs> There you go <laughs> I don't think that's going to be work wor- uh, Maybe Whatever works for you That's all it is Really uh, You ever raced by Mother nature And dealing with I guess weather Approaching Yeah And lots, having t- stress rain. Stress huh? I would say like The best advice Would make sure you do All of your prep work If you know it's going to rain Tarp above you 
so you don't have to stop. You know, I've had those, those days where I've pointed an entire wall and then it rains and it floods every bit of mortar out and stains Aww. the entire wall because I didn't want to take the 10 minutes to tarp. To set up a tarp. Yeah, that's then it. Just to protect you. Yeah. It's a hard feeling. It sucks. How is it uh, being a mason in the winter months? Cold. Bad. It's really, really Propane, cold. Propane, salamanders, tents. I, yeah, so either on, my, on our job sites, uh, usually a lot of the restoration stuff happens in the winter. So you're cutting and chipping joints outside on a bucket in the minus 40. I have three or four layers of pants on, plus snow pants, plus six sweaters. And then at the end of that, you can't really move because you're just like you're a, a Michelin giant. man. Yeah. You're just, yeah, I know. There is no other option because it is just that cold. Well, the thing is, the layers are the best option, the best way to go, because as you start your day, you're cold. Yeah. As you work your day, you get warm. Yeah. You take a layer, but that take kind a of work is, is so still. Yeah. You can't really warm up. So you can't warm up at all? Not really. It's awful. So you stay that way the whole time? Pretty much. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> or I, luckily, like the last two years, I've been inside laying block. So it's getting, all heated. Okay. It's Underground like garages and elevators. and Elevators, all. partition walls, anything like that. But the first year I was in the trade, I was outside and it was really cold. 2018, that winter. Yeah, that was a bitter one. Disgustingly cold. Why are you doing so many elevators? I thought the elevators were already formed or they're not formed. They, so these are like old restoration buildings that were... You know, retrofitted? You're, they had nothing. They're just stripped down to the bare bones. Maybe they never had an elevator. Okay. But now they're going to be some kind of new center. So they need an elevator. And you're blocking from... Basement to 5th, 6th, 7th floor. Whoa. Yeah. Rebar, wow. grout. So I'm just trying to think of the most efficient way to bring all the material that you need to do the work. <sighs> It's, it's, you're looking at her. Yeah, it's exhausting. <laughs> this is the machine that carries yeah, them up that's the stairs. Yeah, and you, you got to use, I guess, a regular panel van or a pickup truck because you can't fit in the garage or the, the, the parking spots. Yeah. So a lot of the time, like, if there's access through a window, you can hoist the material through that. But when you first get to a site, you're carrying everything up. Yeah, and there's nothing harder to look at as a new trade on site or a new laborer. Mm -hmm. And to see them doing all that heavy work scope yeah. the first day, Couple first days. week, yeah. that's the true test if whether or not you have any passion for this industry at all. You got to really want it to be able to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's 100%. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, that that is also what weeds them out. Mm -hmm. That's the scary part of it. That hardcore, disgusting <laughs> yeah. backbreaking. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. That job at McDonald's is looking really good right now. <laughs> uh, I know it's hard. It's tough. Yeah. But it's worth it at the end of the day. It, it makes is. me feel really powerful to say that I I can do that kind of stuff. How are the rest of the guys? Are they the same way? Or like you haven't come across a bad mason? Uh, not really. Not bad. Like no one that's been doing it for 30 years can possibly be that bad. No. It's a caring thing at the end of the day. I think maybe they're so close to retiring or they've kind of lost the ability to give a shit. They let the things go that maybe I wouldn't. The little things like plum. Does it have to be plum or can it be like kind of plum? <laughs> Is it like good enough? No, you can make it an apple if you want. It yeah. doesn't like, I, of course it's got to be plum. What's wrong Come with on, you? Come on, man. Yeah. Just, just take the three seconds to fix it. I don't want to have to go back and fix your work when I've been doing this for. But isn't it true, Julie? Like, I mean, for you. Okay. So you're out of plum by what? An eighth of an inch or something? That's Two mils bad. or something? Yeah. It, it, 
but it's just as much effort just to move it yeah. and build it. Depends. Plum. Like over 70 feet, two mills would be amazing. Yeah. Over the length of your level. But two courses. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> then, then there's something wrong That's with like you. That's like the first thing you learn. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Level plumb straight. Level plumb straight. Just learn, 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 learn. Yeah. Get LPS. the get the bubble. Get the get the bubble between the get lines. That bubble going. How many different stabilizers do you have there? I have five. Get the little mini one. I got uh, the torpedo. I got the one foot. The thirty dollar torpedo. Thirty four dollar. Yeah. You yeah. Get the, I got the kit though. Oh, okay. Um, so it comes with the torpedo and then the two foot and the four foot masonry set. But I have the one foot and the three foot as well. I remember back in my dad's days, it was all Johnson's, the metal yeah, ones. Yeah, the metal ones. Yeah, and I, I remember him trying to teach me as a kid. So you can just imagine this. You'll get a kick out of this. Mm-hmm. So he gave me the four-footer, and he was trying to teach me how to lay brick. And he's like, you got to tap the level. you got to tap the level, right? And so all of a sudden, I took the hammer, and I used the <laughs> hammer part seen, to yeah. tap the level. I've and I actually it. cracked the level. And so the level, he got so frustrated, he just knocked me on my head. And then all of a sudden, it was a bad enough crack that he just broke it off. And the four-footer became a three-footer at that point. And that's not, he was like, you got to use the wood part of the hammer <laughs> to tap the level. That's how I learned my first little masonry trick. You need some of those bumpers that they put on now. <laughs> but, but I still see guys hammering it down no. to make it level. And that's, that's why I, I don't lend up my tools. It's not body work. You're not like trying to reshape you a dent. Barely even ha- blocks do most of the work. Like you barely even have to touch it. Yeah. You do not need to put your hammer down on the top of your level. Well, if you're spreading your mud properly, your mortar, yeah. and you're laying it all properly, like you said, mm-hmm. once you drop the block on, it should settle, right? That's what I learned really quickly. Yeah, if your it, mortar's consistently spread... You yeah. just literally have to set it down and tap it twice. And you and just good. go and you just go and you just go. Just put the next one in. Some of the favorite parts of masonry that you like. Do you like toothing? Do you like doing arches, replacing I sills? I love the arches. The arches? Challenging. Yeah, challenging. The math involved. Yes. And, you know, you would put one number in and it just wouldn't work out. And you would do all the work to set it up. And it just, the voussoirs just wouldn't quite fit together. Because it's all math first. You don't do anything with the bricks or the blocks or the stone or whatever product you're using without perfecting that equation. And you still get a little nervous when you get towards the end and hoping yeah. that last <laughs> one fits fit? perfectly. <laughs> yeah, without, you know, you want them all to be perfect 10 mils, yeah. no pinches at the Because that's the true artistry of a mason yeah, where exactly. it actually lines up perfectly. It's what makes a good mason from a great mason. It's the yeah. separation. It does, yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love uh, windows, openings, lots of opening. I do a lot of openings with the friendly mason. You're removing brick. Quick cut the brick. Yep. Remove it all, salvage it, remove the mortar, build back up the sides to whatever size the client wants, put the sill in, boom, bam. Super fun, super easy. So amazing. Like your trade, not only you guys have the heavy blocks and the heavy bricks, but they also give you the heavy steel. Yeah. To throw on top. Oh yeah, lintel. You know, here you go. Here's a here's an eight foot long three by six. Yeah. Quarter three eighths. Yeah. Then all of a sudden we got our like metal grinders out cutting yeah. the lintels yeah. to size. Yeah. Or you hope that it just fits. Okay. What, what size window you guys want to do? Oh. Yeah. Okay. I gotta cut it. I gotta all cut right. it six times. <laughs> <laughs> In your circle of friends, nobody else. What are they all doing? I'm always curious when I'm talking to somebody in their twenties, and I'm curious to see what other people in 20 year old land are doing the the funny thing is a lot of people that i hang out with are much older than me usually i just i'm kind of an old soul and i've had a hard time relating to the 
the age group that I'm in. I find people can be a little bit immature. <laughs> and that they're not quite at the same part in life life that I am like I'm past the party stage I've done all of that craziness I've you know done enough partying for a thousand people I want to settle down and have a cup of tea and go to work and that's it so a lot but some of the friends I do have that are my age they did the whole university thing and couldn't find a job after so after four years yeah that's why I talk about it with such passion because I've seen it happen in my life a lot master's degrees but no job after so what are they doing i guess it's just like they've spent so much of mom and dad's starbucks. money they're starbucks they're baristas. baristas well not even baristas they're probably on the yeah. line yeah because i think Assistant you gotta work barista. you gotta work up to bar- get, barista yeah, right that's a, it's like an apprenticeship <laughs> <laughs> a starbucks apprenticeship really so they've spent all this money all this time Mm-hmm. And they're not doing what they really wanted to do when they got into it. Yeah. And yet you've actually superseded them. And no, I'm, I, you know, I'm living in Toronto on my own with my own apartment and my own life that I've kind of built within three years. With a career that you're passionate about. A career about. that I'm passionate about that has a really positive future and that's not going anywhere. There's always going to be a need for masons and bricklayers. I'm so glad that you said that because that's that's, that's so true. It's just I know that the running joke is we, we those people that have those university jobs they're going to get into their 30s they're going to buy that first house they're going to spend the two million whatever Mm -hmm. it's going to cost to buy that house and they won't know how to do a single thing in their house and then they're going to hire us yeah that's it and then you're going to have to try to educate them and you'll give them the figure and they'll just be like really is that what it costs that's Mm -hmm. that's more than what my education costs i go yeah well this is my education now yeah and that's just going to be the fun fact so we've got a huge pool of clients Mm -hmm. coming for everybody we, you maybe we didn't spend as much money educating ourselves, but we've spent just as much time, and time is our most valuable asset. Different school. Exactly. That's what they keep on forgetting. You are at home thinking when you're at the center. You came home and thinking about how to do this better, how to do that, how should I hold my hand. That's all part of education. Yeah, you don't that's sleep you at lo- night. Yeah, you don't, and everybody does that. Anybody that's passionate about anything, we don't have nine-to-five jobs. No. Never, anybody that signs up for construction does not have a nine to five job. I wish it was nine to five. That would be great. Six thirty to five, more yeah. like it. <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of people I joke with when the, the younger ones, especially. I, I keep telling them there's two sixes in a day. Yeah. You guys realize that, right? Yeah. So you got to understand that part. But then they get into construction, they quickly learn that part. You're going to bed at nine o'clock, you can't really have a normal friend group because people are just going out at nine o'clock. Are you going to bed at nine? I usually go to bed at like nine. I'm at a ten, but yeah. I'm up at four. You get up a lot earlier. Yeah, than me. I get I, up at five. I found those two extra hours in the morning give me so much more time for myself yeah. to do what I want to do, and that's why I get up at four. I'm more of the roll out of bed, <laughs> ten minutes to get dressed and brush my teeth, and then I bike to work. And you bike to work yeah. because you're always working in the core. Yeah, always in the core. That's why I don't have a car. Yeah. It's like, why would I pay, you know? But then eventually you're going to get projects that are going to be outside love, of the core. I'd love to get a truck just so I could take on a couple more of those okay. side jobs. So all the guys are all trying to convince you which truck to get, to go? Well, yeah, exactly. Is it Ram? <laughs> Dodge, Ford, Chevy? Everybody, everyone's always like, get a Ram. and Nothing is as good. That's the only option. That's all I hear. Really? Is, yeah. I, I've only heard from people that are against ram they get the ram because it's the cheapest one really that's what they've said 
I want a Tacoma, but I know it's not uh, no, useful I got in the No, I got Tony the Timber Tailor. He has a Tacoma. I he love loves those it. trucks. Yeah, he's got a 4x4 Tacoma, and he actually just posted a video right now where he went on a job site. It was pure mud from all that rain that we had, mm-hmm. and he just said, um, no vans allowed on this site because <laughs> <laughs> everyone talks vans, right? Yeah. No, but you guys are masons, so you guys, that's the one trade, one of the few trades yeah, that you, have to be a truck. You want to haul a skid a brick or yeah. mortar. You need something substantial. You don't need a van. You don't want a van. No. Okay, so it's a Dodge for you. I think so. I okay. think they're pretty sexy looking. <laughs> yeah. The, some of the GM and four guys might disagree with you. I think I'm going to get a lot of backlash from them. I just but. figured that the other Masons or the other trades on site are going to be like trying to convince Ford, you. Ford, yeah. Ford, F-150. And then Sierra, whatever, GM, all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. Okay. How about you? Me? I got a van. You got a van? I got a Sprinter van. I, it's my second Sprinter van. I'm waiting on my third. But with COVID, it's been delayed five times now. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to arrive May, got pushed, got pushed, and it was just two weeks ago that it got pushed to January again. No computer chips for any of the vans. Yeah. Oh, like, uh, yeah, I guess that would be... China. Like, that's what it is. So they're yeah. saying that we can get you a van. It just won't run. Okay. It that's has, perfect. I'm like, no, I don't want that. I want a van that <laughs> runs, and I want to get... And I know that I've got a couple of framers that are interested in uh, in getting in taking my van, mm-hmm. but I can't give up my van until I get my new van. But I've always been, because I've got a world of tools in there, and I like that I have tools that if any trade on site needs, needs to borrow something, something. go yeah. ahead and just borrow it, take it. That's the camaraderie that I like to see on a site. I love that a I lot. I go up to the electricians be like, I need a drill bit, or I need a sawzall, or something that we just don't have. I like that vibe that you get on a job site where you can ask without feeling awkward. Yeah, exactly. Because if you're on a job site that, you feel awkward to ask another trade, can I borrow a tool that maybe I don't have or mine's broken down? Maybe they're, you're not on the right job site. Mm-hmm. You should be able to have that kind of, you know, commod- totally. People like, are awkward generally, though. They're nervous about tools, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of theft. That's the other thing. We had um, a break-in a couple months ago, and I came back to work the next day, and all of my tools were gone. Everything? Everything. Everything. So I had um, Avenue Road Masonry reach out and offer to buy me $1,000 worth of new tools with Crete Maker. That's and awesome. And they replaced all of my stolen tools. So that's really nice of them. I just wanted nice to give a little shout out oh, that's, to them. That's really, really nice yeah, of them. Yeah, amazing, amazing people. Like, Did we find the idiots that did this? Nope. Probably sold it for some... Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. I know. Never found them. It always frustrates me whenever I see someone do a shout out where they just got broken into, lost a lot of tools, and I'm like... You guys just stole from somebody that has these tools for their livelihood. They're providing for people in their life. Yeah, this is my life. Yeah, and then you taking that away, and now that's how they started their day, their week. In my first trial, something I wanted to like pass on. That's what. It's yeah. gone. I just know. Like the that. sentiment. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> you just want to punch those idiots yeah. in the face. That's all <laughs> nice. it is. It's yeah. It's, I, I've I've known lots of trades that have had. The, things stolen and it just frustrates me at that point but that's nice of them that they stepped up it was awesome that's amazing yeah i just posted on you didn't even know them you didn't know them i never talked to them before that's amazing just yeah he was like nobody steals a girl's tools and (laughs) i loved it It made me cry i i never felt you know more supported one of the one of the guys one of the guys exactly not only do you want to see me succeed you're gonna help me come to work the next day with everything that i've lost because you see that passion that i have and I think that's awesome. More really and more cool. should. They should. Yeah. A lot of people reached out to try to help. It was it was an incredible experience. 
blessing in disguise. Anything else that schools should actually do? Or they? It sounds like when it comes to masonry, schools are doing quite a bit. They are doing quite a bit. Okay. That school, Ontario Masonry Training Center, is a great institute. Where are they located again? Mississauga, here Ontario. Yeah, and Superior. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're amazing, awesome instructors. Everyone is super passionate. I get involved with them as well as the company I work for. We go into a trade show in Kingston almost every year. COVID has wrecked. Notwithstanding, yeah. But just to get more women involved with the trades, and you go, we go in and we show high school and elementary girls how to lay bricks, just how to lay on a little wall. How is that? Like it was I, awesome. Yeah. I love it. And yeah. the girls are getting in there with the trowels and the levels and getting dirty. It's a great feeling. So they're very invested in bringing this to the new generation. Good yeah. for them. And that's, well, that used to, well, I guess the last time would have been two years ago. Any yeah. plans for next yeah. year to do it? I, yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I hope everything starts to turn around yeah. and get back to normal and then we can This is at Georgian College, I believe. It's been interesting. So glad to meet you finally. Yeah, thank you. Once again, everybody just reach out to her on Instagram. It's at the dot brick the chick. And then also her email is juliarose195 at gmail.com. So you've been masonry for how long now? Three years. Three years. Yeah. You're way ahead of your years. You know that, that's huh? That's it. Thank I, you. Like, no, you are. You're way ahead of it. Like, I mean, you should. That's amazing. I mean, I know brickies that are nowhere near where you are right now, right? Appreciate that. But that no, no, like it's and you do good work. I, I've seen the images. I haven't seen it on site. I'd love to pass by and see it on site. Definitely. But I would have no doubt saying that that's actually really good work. Like I have a lot of respect when it comes to masonry and the masonry arts. Totally put a lot of hours in well, i can imagine years. the education it shows you can see yeah. it i don't want to start a rivalry or anything like that but yeah, battle me no 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 um <laughs> are we are canadians better masons than americans are Maybe we just as good or i don't know a lot about american masonry what i've been following a lot of people in europe especially england and i just love the way that they do things well that's masonry that is so it's so perfect just the way that everything comes together the block system the brick system the way that they handle their tools i think it's just beautiful work it's an art yeah i just know that uh there's there's a line other than just the geographical line between the two countries here mm -hmm. in canada and the u.s that i guess in the u.s they think that they build better than than we build and i I disagree. I, I think yeah. that Europe and Asia and Australia builds better than North America. Yeah. I think we're kind of lagging and I think that we need to step up. I think it's hard to even compare between Canada and America just because of our weather. If you're building something in Texas it's different. versus Northern it's different. Ontario, like, yeah. there is absolutely no comparison in like the weather systems that you're using, the different kind of materials, how you do things, when you can, when you can't. Any time of year, they can throw up whatever kind of masonry that they want I to. I know. And so paint nice. it. Yeah. The painting thing, too, also there versus here. Everyone wants to paint their brick. Where? In the southern states? No, everyone here wants to paint their brick. I want to smack these people. I know, because it's spalling already. Yeah. But, I mean, like, don't they realize and you got to educate them on science? Yeah, the freeze-thaw cycle that Yeah, you got to explain to them that a brick is a living, breathing thing. Organism. And you want to prevent it from breathing. Yeah. It just doesn't matter if the slap a coat of paint on it looks prettier at the time, but sure. there's Ten other years ways. From to, now, it's gonna it's look not like absolute trash. And then it's going to take away at your house. It's going to start to affect your building envelope, mm -hmm. which is going to start deteriorating your home. Mm -hmm. How about that as a problem? So yeah, now let's take all the paint off and replace all of the bricks that you just destroyed. <laughs> That's where you guys come yeah. in and start doing that. <laughs> it's a pain then it yes. becomes a challenge from there. Yeah. 
Listen, I'm Portuguese, and I remember way back in the day when we were in Little Italy, Little Portugal, and mm-hmm. all. Every it was just like the fad. Everybody brought in the roller, and it was either green or red paint. Then you had the real artists. You had the real artists who came in with the, the the artist brush and they started painting the mortar joints. And I even I saw my dad one time doing it. I was like, please don't do that. And I'm so glad that I'll never do that. What I just, decade was that? Oh, this would have been like late 80s, okay. early 90s. Yeah, that and makes sense. I had a place in Toronto at Sinclair Dufferin, and I remember I was walking around the neighborhood and someone was installing green shingles. And I start I just thought to myself, they still make green shingles Cringing. like three tab green shingles yeah. and they were installing brand new and then i saw the homeowner was like this old school italian guy <laughs> and i'm like why did it bring you, you back to oh, the it, it, it kind of made me nervous because i mean like i thought that was all dead and buried like i mean glass block i can't stand glass block it's mm-hmm. like I, it's impossible to lay too glass block yeah it's insane Disgusting. i don't even know why someone invented that thing i just can't stand I it i never liked the look of it but that's an 80s thing, right? These are all things way before your time. Yeah. It's just funny. But I mean, yeah, you start looking at certain things. and it just reminds me of the YMCA. Why? The glass block. I don't know. Oh, I, that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all I can think of. That's about. all they ever used. Yeah. And it was like the whole purpose behind it. I don't know. It must have been an architect that came up with this. But, oh, we can let light in, but nobody can look in. Mm-hmm. I go, yeah, because they're looking at this ugly wall <laughs> of glass block. <laughs> so why would I want to do that? Nobody makes glass block anymore. I don't no. think so. I don't. They teach it sort of in school, but it's not something that's important. But mind you, there is a Hermes building. I don't know if it's in Europe or if it's in New York. The whole facade is regular brick size glass. Hmm. Each brick is a glass. And they, they built the whole thing in glass brick. Now, glass brick is beautiful yeah glass block it's clunky <laughs> it's completely different yeah i've never seen glass break I'll there, have to you gotta google out. you gotta google it i think it's Hermes. i'm trying to think it could even be in in japan but the whole facade and it's insane it's absolutely beautiful the way they built it designed it and it's just like arches and everything too around the windows that's awesome all out of brick glass brick i love like looking at those kinds of things but then you guys are also tackling all the new bricks as well too yeah there's all different sizes and darker bonds. colors yeah. and interesting coatings or baking enamels and all kinds of things like that that yeah. they're doing, which are all coming from Europe. A lot of the ones we're using right now are frogless. So it's, it's what it, so there's no it's just a solid clay block. Basically, there's no frog. There's no holes. Really? Yeah. And they're extremely difficult to lay because there's nowhere for the more. How are you go, biting? But out, it just goes out, just extrudes. And it just bites, I guess. Does it absorb into it? Well, yes. It has to. Slightly. But that's not really a brick. Even the old school Toronto bricks that had that little chamfered center part. Yeah. That's where the mortar There's would go. There's some for the mortar to extrude into the brick. But yeah. with these, it's just flat. Like, it's oh, it's so hard to lay. What's the dimensions of that brick? Uh, Are they elongated? Is that the idea? No, no. It's just a standard size Ontario size brick. But okay. So about eight. Solid. T- solid. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that. Very uh, porous, very coarse, very hard to lay. So maybe that's why. So they're absorbing a lot of the water. They're absorbing a lot of the water. Yeah. So you you can't spread a whole wall, especially in the 35 heat. You can only do one brick at a time because they're so porous. By the time you set the mortar down, if you don't have the brick on right away, it's already hard. And you can't set it then? No. You have to take it off and do it again. So what are you doing? Installing it one at a... Basically like one or two at a time. It's just small sections, so it's not terrible, but it's just... Some but that these, kills your rhythm with the trowel and... Some t- of the new practices and, like, what engineers and architects want to order, they don't take into account, like, how that treats 
the person that's actually installing the product. They, th they think it's beautiful and it is beautiful, but it doesn't translate to what we do as a profession. I think there needs to be more of a connect between the architects, engineers, and actual masons when deciding on products for some of these bigger jobs. I wonder if they actually did any of that R&D and spoke to the actual tradesperson that was I, doing it. Doesn't seem going like to be it. Do, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. I'm yeah. just trying to think of, is there a history or is there a building somewhere back when they would have done, I don't think there is. I don't think they would have designed any kind of brick material like that to be installed that way. Mm -hmm. And how would you install it properly that it doesn't fail? It's a look thing. It's a restoration look. So. I know that I have had to, I've had to do some repairs with limestone brick. Mm-hmm. And those are a challenge. And then I was only able to find some that were relatively close at Mason's Masonry. Okay. Where they literally took limestone sills and they cut them and down cut to them the down. size. Wow. Because their version of a white, if you go to Cremaker, you go to any place else, a version of a white is more concrete based. Mm -hmm. So it, it never matched. It didn't work. So then I ended up getting limestone bricks from sills at $5 a pop. Five dollars for one brick. That's insane. That's insane. It was. Who's affording this? It was. Well, <laughs> we were only we were doing some brick repairs, so we were only oh, doing. Bad, I think it was like thirty bricks that we had to get. Yeah. And then the worst part is when I finally picked them up. I got it. I have my van. At the same time, I had a bunch of lumber in there, and all of a sudden, I'm driving and I'm hearing this hissing sound, and I'm like, "What's this hissing sound? I don't get it, right?" And then I'm starting to smell this smell, and it's like a chemical smell. And on the back of my van, on the back of the doors, I have cans of spray paint. Mm -hmm. And what happened was when I applied the brakes and then I took off again, one two by four hit the trigger of the can <laughs> of paint and started pressing all the paint. And it started painting the whole back of my door and it landed on a few of the bricks oh, and it was no. black. And I was like, well, there's the hissing sound and there was the, the chemical smell. Yeah, and that's what it $30 was. Worth of and there's, yeah, there was about maybe five bricks that had to get ruined. Like we couldn't yeah. use them as a result of it. But yeah, so just uh, pack your stuff now properly. You know, don't put spray paint in the no, back of your But I, I always have spray paint. You always need it. All right, Julia. So we got one last segment here. I think you're familiar with this. Yep. The 12 questions of construction. Again, everybody, please reach out and check out her posts. You, you got Larry's posts. I love the. Thank you. Honestly, they're great because you know what it is? It's a music selection. I love the music. <laughs> it's, a, that, I, it's refreshing. It speaks to, to the older generation. It, it's just like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the last great music that I used to listen to that I actually liked that was original and nobody's doing original. Everything's all sampling. Yeah. It's all regurgitated nonsense like all the movies we get these days. Oh, don't get me on that one. <laughs> at the dot brick dot chick, uh, Julia Rose. And then it's Julia Rose at 195 at gmail.com. What is your favorite construction word? Quick. Quick. What is your least favorite construction word? Out. What turns you on in construction? Elevators. You're doing so many of them? Like to have them there before I before I get there. Oh, okay. All right. What turns you off in construction? Late. What's your favorite curse word? Fuck. You can't go wrong. Love what it. is your favorite car, truck, bike, or vehicle? Dodge Ram. Dodge Ram. What is your least favorite car, truck, bike, or vehicle? The Nissan... Um, oh, you're going to say Cube? I was going to say the Cube. Yeah, the <laughs> ugliest car I've ever seen. I think it's a Nissan. It is. It Terrible. is. It's like with the door that's half on the other. or Yeah. The, yeah, it's just the ugliest thing ever. What construction sound or noise do you love? Spreading of mortar. That sound of the... That shh. Love it. What construction sound or noise do you hate? The saw. The quick table cut? Table saw. Oh, table saw. All day long in my ear. Because if someone's making cuts all day, that's all you hear. 
I guess you're hearing that on the inside. Mm -hmm. Saul's right beside me. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Writer. Really? Mm -hmm. Fiction, nonfiction? Fiction. Hmm. Have you? I have started, yes. Good. Yeah. Good for you. I've always said that every tradesperson should have something else on the hobby. side. Yeah. Something. Anything. Could be anything. Good for you. What profession would you not like to do? Garbage man. Woman. Garbage person. Garbage person. Just handling garbage. That would be terrible. And the last question, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You made it up here. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Julia, such a pleasure to have you on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time on this Saturday morning to come. I know that we were trying to and then reschedule, but we got you in here, and I really appreciate Thanks that. Thanks so and, much um, for having me. I feel great that you, you've inspired some of the kids out there, probably all the men, to just like... Get your shit in order. Step it up, boys. <laughs> That's all it is. Everybody, please, at the dot brick dot chick, Julia Rose 195 at gmail.com. Thank you so much, Julia. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. Bye.